Welcome back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, which is sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more. Acres solutions for every field. As we welcome you back to Sports Nightly, I'm Jessica Cootie, and I am one happy camper right now because joining us in studio, one of my favorite coaches here to talk about one of my favorite teams, Rhonda Ravel. We finally got you in studio. You guys are finally back in town for a minute. Do you have your bags unpacked? No, <laughs> but I've started laundry. Awesome. Well, Nebraska softball opened up Big Ten play last weekend, sweep over Purdue. They're back at home this weekend with a three-game series over Michigan. Boy, you guys had quite the non-conference schedule. I mean, you just, again, just kept your bags packed, had some tough opponents. Uh, how did you feel about where your team came out of it? You know, that was by design, mm -hmm. Jessica. We just felt like, you know, last, last year, it was trying to get back to winning ways and learning how to win again at a high level, on a consistent level. Um, we were fortunate enough to be able to experience that. And then I thought this year's team with the lion's share of returners back that it was time to ramp up that schedule a little bit. And we went through a bit of a gauntlet. Um, didn't come out on the right side of the scoreboard in that Clearwater tournament very often, but the lessons that we learned were so important for this team. And I think even from even from Thursday night's first game with Oklahoma State to our last game with Arkansas, it just felt like a whole different team. Uh, and we've continued to grow that. And I think that that's really important as we get into Big Ten play. We'll talk, uh, talk a lot about your team and the upcoming matchup. But I did want to go back and, I mean, it is not easy to travel like what you guys did. And they're still student athletes. So you're talking about still trying to do schoolwork and everything else. And then I know you've got a great staff as well. So overall, just the, the way that they handled everything, you got to be pretty proud too. And I, and I know they're very yeah. successful in the classroom as well. They're extremely successful in the classroom. This team is, they're just easy to coach because they take care of their own business. So it starts in the classroom. So even, even the morning that we're at Iowa and we've just, we're playing on a Tuesday. We just played Sunday. We traveled Monday. They're up early uh, in our team room and studying before we, before we leave for pregame. And it was not, you know, it's not uncommon just to see tables filled. They're down there doing their work. Uh, they're really great at their time management. I, I really marvel. In fact, Sid Gray was talking about, I can't wait to ride on the bus to Iowa because that gives me about three or four hours to study. I'm like, okay. <laughs> It's not what I would want to be doing, but um, well, let's start in the circle. Courtney Wallace, man, what a senior year she's having. She is uh, taking on quite the workload. It, I think 10 more innings than any other pitcher in the Big Ten, top five in innings pitch so far. What kind of focus and determination have you seen out of her here in her final season with you guys? Well, it's funny. I, I said, Courtney, be careful what you ask for because <laughs> last year when she was heading into her senior year, she goes, hey, if you need me to throw every game, I will next year. <laughs> Of course, that wasn't really what we intended. But you know, when Kaylin Kinney went down um, with the broken hand, uh, that really ramped up Courtney's opportunities for innings. So it's really been how she's framed it. She's she's just like, I'm going to be a warrior. I'm going to give the best I can. I'm going to be there for my teammates. And she's just done a really nice job of that and, and come up really big for us. How, what is uh, Kaylin's status? She getting closer? Her cast is off. Oh, the club true. is off. So, uh, you know, now it's just a matter of time with our trainers and our doctors to see where she is in her recovery. So, 
We saw last year quite the one-two punch between Courtney and Olivia Farrell. So how have you liked the way Sarah Harness has teamed up with Courtney there in the circle? I think I think Sarah and Courtney really offset each other really nicely. Uh, you saw it in a game against Purdue. You saw it yesterday against Iowa. Uh, you know, Sarah came out through the first three. Courtney came out through the first four, and it it. Courtney even had a stronger outing in the second game, but I think a, a large part of that is uh, Sarah sets her up really very nicely. Mm -hmm. So when you get that complementary style of pitching, it makes for it makes for really fun um, time out on defense because not very many runs are scored. You guys have lit up the scoreboard once again, racking up the home runs again, one of the top in the Big Ten and in the nation. Um, how have you liked the way the bats have come along, too? Because I know maybe at the beginning you were waiting on Sidney Gray, Maya Felder to get going, but now it seems like you kind of got everybody going a little bit. I think, um, you know, I give a lot of credit to our, our hitting coach, Diane Miller. She really prepares them very well, and they, they believe in that preparation and in the game plan. And, you know, some of our hitters that have had a slow start, it's like I told them, I said, you guys were so hot last year that when games, when teams are preparing to face us, they're keying in on you. So you're, you're getting really pitch tough and so it's been interesting as they kept working because they're workers like I said they're easy to coach that way and some of them are really heating up like Abby Squire you know mm -hmm. Abby Squire was off to a slow start but she had a pretty hot day at Iowa visiting with Rhonda Ravel head coach for Nebraska softball uh, you know what goes into being a home run hitting team and you have so many throughout the entire lineup that can literally hit a bomb at any point I mean is that by design you want a bunch of those hitters in your lineup well Ab you know, honestly, it's nice to have people that can go yard because you can score in a hurry, but that's never the focus. Our focus really is squaring up good pitches, getting good swings on pitches that we can hit hard, and being on time, being on time, being on time, because you can, you can be on time, and you, you don't have to be the biggest player, you don't have to be the strongest player, but if you're on time with a good swing on a pitch, you can drive it a long way. So I've been asked this question a lot, and I, you see it in softball, but a lot of people have asked me the thought process behind putting Billy Andrews in the leadoff spot. Can you maybe dive into that for us? I've been asked that a lot. Uh, he, here's the thing. If you look at total at-bats over a career of a leadoff hitter even versus a three-hitter, let's say, I don't know, I'm gonna, let's say it's 50 more at-bats in a career. Would you want Billy Andrews? Yes. Up to, exactly. I think so. <laughs> There's your answer, right? And she's only the leadoff once. She's only guaranteed to be up without runners on one time. Yep. And so if the bottom of our order is doing a nice job, then she's in an RBI situation most of her career, potentially. And it's hard to pitch around her, too, when you got the players behind her, like right. Caitlin Nill, the way she's been hitting it, but then at the back of the lineup, too, the way Abby Squires come on. I mean, right. Courtney Wallace, if she's in that, that last spot, she's so fast. I mean, it's just, I feel like it's maybe harder to pitch around a player like Billy when she's in that spot. A hundred percent. And if you even look at the, our season last year, Cammie Barra, who ended up being an All-American, hit behind Billy. So it was hard to pitch around Billy to get to Cam. And so the key, you're absolutely right. Who is behind them, protecting them, is really key. What about just the way she's um, seeing the ball more so other than just maybe trying to hit a home run every time? You feel like she's grown in, in that regard, too? You know what? Where she's grown is she's grown in her strike zone awareness. Not awareness, but management, because she's always had great awareness. So even this season, as the season's gone on, you'll notice that her walk production is up 
in the second half of the season, this young season already. So um, I think that's big. You, the one thing that you people will say, well, why hasn't she stolen bases? She's a base stealer. She she's been hampered by a little bit of a. A uh, hamstring tweak that we've just been really cautious with. Uh, I think she's feeling almost 100% with that. So I'm not saying that the base stealing's not coming back, but that's why we've held her back. And her sister Brooke is your RBI leader. I mean, literally, you've got them all through the lineup. But I think a lot of people maybe want to focus on Billy and the home runs, and and because she's done it so consistently. But Brooke's really stepped up for you guys this year. You know what's interesting is on my way over here to speak to you, I actually saw. Uh, Brooke and one of our her teammates, uh, Abby Newland, and I was saying to Brooke, it, it, Abby was talking about Brooke, and I said, "Yeah, Brooke's hitting bombs." And I just I just grabbed her shoulder and I said, "Your light is shining like I always knew it would and could, and you're not afraid to shine it right now." And she, of course, she just giggles. Uh, I've said all along, Brooke is every bit the athlete as Billy. And she's just letting it out. She's very team focused, so she, she doesn't even care about the accolades herself. But I'm here to tell you that she's been a real spark and a real lift and a real light to this team. How about your freshman? I mean, Caitlin Kaneda leads your team in um, hitting percentage, but and she's the Big Ten Freshman of the Week a couple of weeks ago. But you've had a few of them that you've plugged in there uh, here and there throughout the lineup that have <laughs> also lit up the scoreboard. Yeah, uh, Kate Kinnate has been a real treat. Um, hasn't really been a surprise. We knew she was a hitter. I think that she's maybe surprised herself with hitting a few more um, gap shots and balls to the fence and stuff like that. But we knew that that was in her. And again, you get in the system and you work on the things that Diane's trying to work with them on, and that's going to happen. Uh, Talia Tokheim, unfortunately, um, you know, is had a season-ending injury, but man, she came out on fire. She had 10 extra base hits in her first 30 collegiate at bats. Yeah, 10 wow. extra. I'm not just talking about 10 hits. Four home runs, six doubles in her first 30 wow. collegiate at bats. So that's a loss in our lineup, but uh, we're looking for others to step up and step in. Take us back to Caitlin's recruiting story out of California. I don't think we've talked about that, how you found her and what you saw in her that you, you knew that she was going to be special for you. Well, Kate actually recruited us as much as we recruited really? her. Because I remember when, um, you know, a lot of times when we start to watch a player, I'll, I'll go back and do like a search in the emails and see if they've written us. And what I found with her, I'm kind of, I'm kind of full disclosure here, she had written us a lot, you know, from early on and talked about and was specific it wasn't just the general emails it was like specific to being a husker wow. and i thought okay maybe this is going to be a great fit because you know ultimately you want to have the right talent the right character but you also want people that are motivated to wear this jersey mm -hmm. right and so uh... it was just a natural uh, recruitment process from that point in time you know when we fi when we figured that the other two things match the character and the competitive piece and you know she's played it, it, we talk about this a lot of times a lot of times those California kids they just are so used to playing a high level of competition so routinely that she's pretty been a pretty unflappable as far as any kind of pressure I also wanted to ask you about the two additions to your coaching staff. You had a few that have been around for a long time, but Mark Watt, your volunteer assistant, we were going to talk about him at one point. You came in the studio, and then Olivia Farrell is your grad assistant. How have those two additions been for your staff? Well, I think they've both really enjoyed it. I know for Coach Watt, you know, he still thinks like a head coach. He'll still ask me lineup questions. Now, why are we doing this? And not questioning, just really inquisitive because that's the way his mind is wired. Um, I think that he's learned a lot about just 
the the college game and every game matters and and there are no gimmies i think you know maybe in high school sometimes you can have a day that you can't take it off but you, you know that you're probably just over you have a lot more talent than the next team and it doesn't really happen in college so i think that's been really fun for him live uh honestly no surprises there you know we coached live for five years know exactly what we're getting every day great worker great mind uh i've said this for a long time she is going to be a bright and shining coach as she goes through she already is she's doing a really great job really enjoy working alongside her Okay, let's uh, preview this weekend. You got Michigan for a three-game series inside Bowling Stadium, 5:30 on Friday. The first pitch. Lots of fun things surrounding this, but how about your first series without Carol Hutchins that you're going to be not coaching against over there and on the other dugout? I know. You know, it's so um, that part is going to be bizarre. You know, Hutch always tried to distract me. I swear, she'd walk by me when we were at home, and she would try to distract me from my pitch calling, but then Diane would distract her down there in third base. She was, we, she's easily distractible, let's say that. She, she uh, likes to chit-chat, and I get pretty focused. So that will be strange, but in honor of her, you know, we're going to talk about uh, Bark in the Park. Hutch and Hutch's dog, Coach, Last year, we were able to practice at their field a couple different times, and she'd bring Coach out, and she would always talk about, I think Coach likes the red team better than the blue team. <laughs> so we thought in honor of playing Michigan, we'd make it Bark in the Park weekend. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I have said that here on the show. I love taking my dog out there. I will be out there. Saturday, 4 o'clock is Bark in the Park. That's for that one, and we have had, had a couple questions about that. So there you go. Coming up Saturday, 4 o'clock, Bark in the Park. Sunday noon, and it's supposed to be gorgeous weather, but again, Friday, 530 is where it all gets started. What, what do you guys want to take into this series and um, into the weekend? Well, I'll tell you. What I've noticed in our first five Big Ten games is it's there's a lot of parity in this league. There are a lot of good teams. I said to our team after our Iowa series, I said, you know, we had half of our league that got into the NCAA tournament last year, and Iowa was one that didn't, and yet I think they felt like they maybe got left out. And so I feel like we're in another situation this year where we've got seven or eight or nine teams that legitimately, maybe even, maybe even ten, that are legitimately going to be in the discussion for postseason. So every game, every game is like a heavyweight boxing match is, is how I feel. And Michigan's no different. There's a lot of storied history with these two programs playing each other, even most recently in the Big Ten Tournament Championship last year. So I just think that anytime you see Michigan and Nebraska, um, expect it to have a lot of energy. You a big fan of Bark in the Park, too? I mean, it's pretty wild out there. You get a lot of barking, a lot of people come. Well, here, here's the problem with Bark in the Park <laughs> with me. Our players are just on me all the time to get a dog. <laughs> they, on, they, they promise that they'll help, help, help take care of it. And, I'm, and I say to them, you're gone when I'm gone. Who's going to take care of it? I will. I'll step in. Okay, okay. Well, maybe we'll have to talk about that later. And don't tell them or then they're really going to be on me. But, but the other thing is I think a dog has a head, right? Yes. So shouldn't they be counted in the head count for attendance? Yes, I think so. Okay. I, I want to know if we can get an official ruling on that. I'll pass it along to marketing. Okay, I think thank we you. should make that happen. Thank but you. You guys had a pretty good crowd out there and again, need a good crowd out there this weekend. We had a great crowd. They had great energy. They gave us really a lift that first night against Purdue. It was back and forth. I mean, you just tell it was a little bit of a slugfest and they, we needed them and they helped us. 
and Coach Rule brought his recruits out there. They were walking back and forth between baseball and softball. Well, I heard that later. You know, I don't look up in the crowd too yeah. much. I stay pretty focused, but I was getting texts about that. So, like, thank you, Coach. And, uh, <laughs> they started a Go Big Red chant, too. So. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, I, I think that goes to show, and I know you guys take your recruits out to football, and then now football is taking their recruits to these other sports. It just shows the kind of support you get and the camaraderie that, that you're getting here at Nebraska. It, it's, it's wonderful. Anytime we can synergize, anytime we're all, all thinking as one great big team, the better it is and the more the easier it is to root for each other you're watching each other you're giving each other text messages you know it's just great I mean it, it you know we talk about it being one one family when we we have to act we have to do act, active things to make sure that we're engaging that and connecting like that and it starts with the coaches all right, well, going to be a big weekend, again, starting 530. We will actually have the radio broadcast right here on our Huskers radio network. So no sports nightly on Friday night, so you're going to get to hear Husker softball right here on the network, starting at 515 with Nate Rohr and Maddie Burkhart. Boy, that duo, they're, they're pretty solid to listen to, right? They are really <laughs> fun, and they're really, really good. All right, so tune in and get out to the ballpark. Take your dog. I'll be out there on Saturday. I'll probably be out there all weekend, but I'll for sure be out there with Sammy on Saturday, 4 o'clock for Bark in the Park. All right, Coach Ravel, thanks for your time. Great to see you finally back in the studio. I know you guys have been on the road so much, but we're excited to have you back and excited for the weekend. Thanks, Jessica. It'll be fun.